Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It's now May the 15th, 2023. The Orioles are 26 and 14 on the season after winning two out of three from the Pirates. Unfortunately for us, the one that they lost is the one that is freshest in our memory. That was a real stinker in that Sunday afternoon game. The Orioles, I guess, do not really want to make their moms happy on Mother's Day or our moms or anyone's moms who's a Birdman, uh, Bird, Birdland fan. They, uh, they they just didn't have anything going. And fairness to the Orioles, Pirates starting pitcher Mitch Keller, as I did say on this podcast, was the best of their bunch. He's had a good season so far. And sure enough, striking out 13 Orioles over seven innings was a pretty good outing for him. So, you know, it's really good that the Orioles won the first two games in that series and that although it's disappointing they didn't get the sweep, they still won the series. They got the two out of three. They beat the game. They won the games that they should have won against the not as good starting pitchers. So, you know, it's hard to be too unhappy about that. And especially because the Orioles are now five and four through the first nine games of the 22 game stretch against teams that were 500 or better at the start of that. And so at this point now, I had said, okay, the Orioles need to go 9-13 and 13 over those 22 games. Well, friends, if the Orioles go 4-9 and nine over the final 13 games, that's going to be mighty disappointing. I guess we'll see what uh, 
they're able to do. I hope they can keep playing better, keep playing well now that they're playing teams that are, while still 500 or better, not on the level of the Braves or the Rays against whom the Orioles started out this stretch of games. But I want to talk a little bit more about the Pirates series, but not so much the games themselves as the stuff going on in the stadium around the games, because, of course, the weekend marked the debut of the Birdbath Splash Zone in Section 86 at Camden Yards, which sold out all three games, the entire section. It sold out the whole weekend. Very unfortunate for people who were bought those tickets on Sunday, since the team did not, uh, or they only got one extra base hit late in the game, was the only uh, only hit they got in the game where they fired off the, the splash part of the zone. But anyway, so what I like about it is this was a fun idea. And I understand there's been a little bit of drama over who should properly be credited for coming up with the idea. I don't personally know, honestly, but someone came up with it and the team ended up embracing it. And they, they put a good price on the tickets, $20 to get into Section 86. I think that's pretty good for uh, any, any game. If you can get in the stadium for $20, I think you're doing okay. They, they've come up with a guy named who's got a jersey that says Mr. Splash. Uh, he, he has kind of a ridiculous costume with like an inflatable pink flamingo around the waist. He's got like swimmer things for kids on the arms got a snorkel goggles uh you know he's got an Orioles bucket hat he's out there in flip-flops and shorts and he's got a hose with which he sprays the people in the section on every double triple and home run there's people showing up in the section with like swim goggles they're bringing their own snorkels I believe it's been uh people bringing their own homer hoses as well it's it's fun. It's just like the the broadcasters on Masson in particular were just way into this absurdity and it's it's fun. It's it's stupid and that's why it's fun because just there's something delightful about just a guy out there sitting in a chair with a hose waiting to spray people who are happy to be sprayed because they're in the fun place where weird stuff is happening, and if they're getting sprayed, other than that Sunday afternoon where the, the one lone double kind of was after the game was a lost cause, it means fun things are happening, and it's, it's great. The team is good. The marketing department is trying out fun stuff on top of the Splash Zone. They've been, for a while now, they've had the $10 weeknight Bleacher seats that I think seem to have been selling well based on the games where I've been there um, for those games. It's it's all pretty cool. Honestly, for me, this stuff feels like maybe the baseball fan equivalent of having like an out-of-body experience because it's just like the Orioles, they just don't like do these fun things, right? Now, a lot of that, of course, from 2018 through July of 2022, the team wasn't good and there wasn't anything to be, you know, make it fun to be at Camden Yards. Honestly, I felt like a sucker to have Orioles season tickets uh, in those years until last year. Um, You know, I I didn't get a lot of joy out of 13 game plans uh, until last year. And 
So to have this this transformation where suddenly you've got the splash zone, you've got all this cool stuff. Hopefully these are not the end of the initiatives that the team tries to do to lure maybe more casual fans back into the stadium. It's it's fun. It feels like the kind of thing that happens to other people, other fans of other teams, not to us. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted by it. And I hope that the team keeps playing well enough that, uh, this stuff doesn't start to feel like a played out idea. That's just going through the motions rather than kind of an organic fun thing. So I guess our next test is going to be whether the Orioles can play well over the four game series against the angels. Although they're no longer the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I will nonetheless continue to forever think of them as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Orange County, California, United States of America, Earth, Soul System, Milky Way Galaxy, the Universe. They've got a 21-20 and 20 record so far in the 2020, uh, 2023 season. They lost their last two games before the start of this series, and that included a Sunday loss where they took a one-to-one tie into the uh, bottom of the eighth inning on the road against the Cleveland Guardians, and they're up to this point solid closer. Carlos Estevez was called upon with a couple men on base to try and preserve the tie after their starting pitcher wore out after seven and two thirds of an uh, two thirds innings. And he promptly gave up a three run home run to the first batter he saw. So the Angels went on to lose that game, and that's why they're 21 and 20. Despite that, he's still pretty good, as Stevis is this year. 1.42 ERA, as I said, of Pirates closer David Bednar. That's no Yenier Cano, but you're doing okay if your closer at this point has a mid-1 uh, ERA through, you know, 41 games. Uh, of course, the Angels, everybody knows, Shohei Otani, who will be pitching Monday should be quite a marquee matchup against Orioles starting pitcher Grayson Rodriguez and Mike Trout. Poor Mike Trout has been stuck on the Angels his whole career. Are they ever going to be good enough to get him into the postseason again? I hope so for his sake, but not as long as the Orioles are competing with the Angels for a wild card spot. Uh, Otani and Trout are two of the top three Angels. Estevez is the third guy in that top three, but like. Who else is even on that freaking team, right? It's always just this anonymous series of guys, which is, of course, part of why the Angels never make the playoffs, even when they've had the combo of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Remains absurd. People should have almost gotten fired yearly for screwing this up. So who's been doing well so far for the Angels this year? Well, their bullpen is actually, they've got a pretty good late inning unit. Uh, There's another three relievers in addition to their closer Estevez who have ERAs under three. Matt Moore, who Orioles fans know uh, as the former Rays uh, young hotshot who's still in the league now that he's in his mid-30s. There's a guy named Andrew Watts and one named Jaime Barria. And that's your Angels bullpen against whom I guess we can hope the Orioles uh, don't need to mount any comebacks. Although it seems like Mounting comebacks is the 2023 Orioles method. So I guess, you know, those are the guys they'll probably have to do it against if there's um, a late a late lead for the Angels. 
uh, in their lineup. They've had kind of a revival of Anthony Rendon in that he's batting 301 and has an on-base percentage over 400 this year, but he's only had five extra base hits this year, so there's almost no power to speak of. Uh, it's, I, I guess, better than he has been doing. I'm curious if he'll be able to sustain that on-base percentage over 400 when his slugging percentage is only uh, 58 points better than his batting average. That's that's really remarkable. There's almost nobody that can succeed in Major League Baseball with that kind of lack of power. Uh, they've got Hunter Renfro with an 802 OPS. That's another guy who's over 30. But one younger player on their team who made headlines this year for being the first 2022 draft pick to make it to Major League Baseball is uh, their shortstop, Zach Neto, who has got a 704 OPS through his first 27 games of his career. So good job, Zach. Uh, I kind of hope he can go like O for his next 16 as the Angels are set to play the Orioles here. So what's on your mind about the Orioles right now? I would love to hear some of your answers. You can email me camdencastpod at gmail.com and I will read through a selection of people's feelings and we will see who's, uh, who's worried, who's excited, what people are worried about, what they're excited for in our next episode. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So we're moving on to the prospect of the episode returning in this episode after I skipped it last time. And remember, this is from the composite top 20 Orioles prospect list that I have posted to CamdenChat.com. I took five publications lists, averaged them together, and that's the composite Orioles list. 
Number 15 today is right-handed pitcher Seth Johnson. He was as high as number 12 and as low as number 16 across those five publications rankings. Brought him in at number 15. He came to the Orioles organization less than a year ago. He was part of the three-team trade that sent Trey Mancini to the Houston Astros. Johnson arrived in the Orioles organization from the Tampa Bay Rays. He has not, however, thrown a pitch yet since being acquired because the Orioles got him knowing that he was going to need Tommy John's surgery, which indeed he did get. Uh, I believe it was exactly two days after that trade was completed. So Orioles fans have had no chance to see him do anything or even see his stat lines pop up because he's not even at the stage where he's going into you know, anything close to rehab outings for his uh, his Tommy John surgery. So Johnson was originally picked by the Rays in the 2019 draft. He was the number 40 overall pick from Campbell University, which is the same place that Cedric Mullins was drafted from by the Orioles several years before Johnson was picked by the Rays. Uh, he actually only became a pitcher in his college junior year after transferring to Campbell University. So that was kind of the interesting thing about him as a draft prospect. He was a very fresh uh, pitcher, didn't have a lot of experience, but his arsenal was enough to excite the Rays enough to take him with one of those late first round kind of um, compensation round picks. So he was actually the number 31 pick in that, or number 31 prospect in that draft class by MLB Pipeline's prospect ranking. And they said of him, among other things, quote, it's an effortless arm action and delivery. He has a fastball topping out at 98 miles per hour, though usually in the 91 to 95 range. His slider is his best secondary offering. And they concluded by saying he still needs polish, as you'd expect for an inexperienced starter, end quote. Uh, so Johnson, he got drafted in 2019, and then guess what? We had the pandemic came along. COVID destroyed the minor league season in 2020. There was none, so no chance for Johnson to get any real polish there. And then after making only seven starts last year, he needed the Tommy John surgery. So Johnson is now 24 years old, and he's really not gotten the opportunities to get any of that polish through no real fault of his own, but... Nonetheless, you know, that's that's already old for a prospect, and I, I don't know if we're going to see him pitch this year. Maybe they'll get him into some rehab games in late August or September. I don't really know. Uh, nonetheless, he's on the Orioles' 40-man roster. They had to protect him from the Rule 5 draft, and they chose to do so, even though it's possible that he won't pitch at all this year. Uh, I think that was the right thing to do. You never know what kind of bad team or even just maybe like a cheeky team is going to come along, stash him on its 60-day uh, injured list for the whole year and still carry the Rule 5 rights over into 2024. The Orioles didn't want to take that chance, so fair enough. However, the Orioles have not put Johnson on the 60-day injured list themselves, even though he hasn't thrown a pitch and isn't going to throw a pitch before August at the earliest. That's because, I guess, they don't want to start using up his big league service time because if you're on the big league injured list, you are getting big league service time. So the Orioles are not using up Johnson's big league service time, but that means they're actually playing a man short on the 40-man roster because Johnson is on there, but he uh, he's not going to pitch until August. And 
you know, uh, even if he was, he hasn't thrown a pitch above high A. So it's, it's he certainly wouldn't be impacting the uh, the big league roster this year, even if he had never needed the Tommy John surgery. But at least if he was pitching, it wouldn't be as weird that he is uh, not on the injured list. And so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I guess if the Orioles really get squeezed, they can put Johnson on the injured list later. I don't know. Um, one other factor is that, uh, he's going to be using up his option years while he is needing to get this polish that he's finally getting. So you might get to a point where it's like, as once happened with the Orioles and Dylan Bundy, where they had to have him on the big league roster because he was out of options. Of course, in Bundy's case, that was because he signed a major league contract out of the draft, which you haven't been able to do for more than a decade now. So just different circumstances. But nonetheless, we might eventually get to a point where it's like, oh, Johnson has to be on the big league roster or else. I guess we can hope that he pitches well enough that that's uh, a decision the Orioles want to make. And it's not just like, okay, they get rid of him by then. Um, So Johnson, well, if he was the only guy the Orioles got in that trade for Mancini, that would be pretty disappointing. Of course, they did get another more active arm from Houston, and that was Chase McDermott, who we will go over in more detail in uh, another few episodes of this prospect series. And, you know, well, Mancini was my wife's favorite Oriole at the time of that trade, so that was pretty sad. Um, Kind of trying to take a cold look at reality. The fact is, Trey Mancini only OPS 622 with the Houston Astros after the trade. So it looks like the Orioles trading him when they did, although that was disappointing, uh, was probably the right thing to do. Uh, in, in even, not even factor, like not even worrying about the impact on the 2022 team, because if Mancini had fallen back to earth while on the Orioles in August of September or August and September of last year, that would have literally been hurting the 2022 Orioles. Of course, I guess you could sketch out and say, well, there's no guarantee Mancini would have only OPS 622 OP, uh, you know, 622 OPS with the Orioles in August and September of last year. Maybe not. My opinion is the best guess at what would have happened is what actually happened. And so, you know, uh, I, I don't mind the Mancini trade and by the same token, the Jorge Lopez trade. He was also bad with the Twins last year, although... Slightly different circumstances there, of course, because Lopez had uh, this year and next year of team control remaining, so he could rebound. And indeed, with the Twins, has done so this year. He's got a, uh, through Sunday's game, I I haven't looked to see if he pitched on Sunday, 1.59 ERA in 17 innings uh, so far this year, a whip under one. So, you know, if if the Orioles hadn't gotten Yeni or Cano out of that trade, it might sting a little more right now. But definitely Lopez um, was no help to the Twins overall in August and September of 2022. So, you know, um, I, I like that they got the one active arm and the one long shot upside kind of play for Johnson uh, as they, they made that trade. As for Lopez, well, we'll see what's to come. From those arms, Cano was really a lucky find, and Cade Povich, who I've already talked about on this prospect of the episode series, is currently looking pretty good. 
So everybody who was disappointed by those trades, I mean, I get it. I get it. I do. But also, Cade Povich has struck out 44 batters in 26 and two-thirds double-A innings. That's pretty darn exciting for a lefty pitcher. And I uh, I hope maybe we're going to get to see him at Norfolk before the year's over. I think that would be a lot of fun. I I don't know what it's going to take for the Orioles to start bumping up some of their starting pitching prospects. But, you know, it there's there's reasons to be excited about those trades, even as disappointing as it was that the Orioles subtracted at the deadline last year. Of course, that also opened up the opportunity for Felix Bautista to become what he has become, which is fun. And, you know, now what we're hoping for is that uh, the 2023 deadline rolls around and the Orioles add and don't do any subtracting, I guess, unless you are really wanting to see them uh, subtract so that there's room for a prospect, which I, it would certainly be weird if the Orioles like traded Austin Hayes in July and then had Colton Kowser come up or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'll worry about that in July. But, you know, at, at the moment, I hope they can get some prospects together and get really a frontline starting pitcher that they don't have. Although Grayson Rodriguez has the potential to be that guy, he is not yet and maybe won't be for the rest of this year. So it just, it seems like the Orioles really need a, the one thing they're missing is like a difference maker, a starting pitcher. And rather than subtract, I hope they can add at the trade deadline this year because, well, their difference maker, starting pitcher, it's not going to be number 15 prospect, Seth Johnson. So that's all that I have got to say for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on your favorite platform and leaving a rating or review, or tell a friend, family member, coworker, person you saw at the grocery store, or whatever. New episodes will be out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so I will see you again on Wednesday morning. In the meantime, you can email me, camdencastpod at gmail.com, leave a comment on Camden Chat, or tweet at me at Camden Chat on Twitter. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.